Oh, start recording. Still starting. Still starting. Asshole, give me some numbers. There we go. All right. Fuck. All right. <clears throat> Hi, and welcome to a po- oh, shit. <laughs> I'm cutting that one. I'm cu- I left the last one in. I'm cutting this one. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Rate That Album, where two guys from the Midwest who have not had any musical success in their own lives decide that we're going to take our angst out on other albums. Or maybe we'll like it. You just never know. Uh, I'm Paul Moadib, and with me, as always, is the one, the only, Joe Downs, Joe Freming. Joe, how you doing, buddy? I was doing a lot better until I listened to your album pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a... It's... We're on a... We're on a quite a slide here. Quality, we, are, we are on a slide of quality, buddy. We are on a big slide of quality. Hopefully next week you can you can turn it around. Um, okay, yeah. So we are doing Duran Duran's eighth studio album. Thank you, Joe. Before I get into it, initial thoughts, just not highlights, lowlights, but just what you think happened in the making of this album. Uh. I think it it started with good intentions and then got very confused. It's probably the best way, and that's the best way I can describe the listening experience. It starts off promising and then ends up confusing me by the end <laughs> uh, with uh, some questionable choices for white British men to be uh, covering. Yes. So let's talk about this. So. Duran Duran was riding high off the wedding album um, after this album. Um, was that the, their uh, cover of John Lennon's wedding album? <laughs> no, the the wedding album was was their was their self titled album, their 1993 Duran Duran album. I've always called it the um, uh, the Ordinary World album or the Commandant album, but it's mostly noted as the wedding album. Um, it was their so Duran Duran was big, you know, in the like Hungry with the Wolf and all this stuff. And they had several albums in between, but it just didn't really get anywhere in the US. And then they came out with the um with this one, they're self-titled, and had songs like Ordinary World, Come Undone, uh, you know, several other um really just like that, that songs that charted. And um, really brought the band back from obscurity, um, at least where they were in 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 the U.S. Um, well, you know, honestly, I have no memory of Duran Duran existing past 1987. Well, and you know what? And that's fair because what happened in 1990, they came out with Liberty, and it was a terrible album. Um, well, so then they do this great album, and then they have this idea. You know, David Bowie did pinups. With the you know kind of tributes to things that he liked, and um, um, it's uh, let's do something like that. Well, so that was where it started from. What kind of this idea of um, you know tribute to the band's influence? So this is what they didn't really take it seriously at first, and I think that shows in the album. Now, what was really interesting was a lot of the tracks were recorded while they were doing the wedding album tour. So they would stop at like these borrowed studios. One of them was Paisley Park, just in the area that they were. 
and you know, an intent to have an album ready to release as soon as the tour was finished. Um, so however, um, after a brief break, the band set up a portable studio in the south of France to finish their album with producer John Jones. And the progress that they had went to a standstill. Apparently, the band was having lots of internal conflicts um, with themselves and with Capital uh, EMI Records. Um, so this created delay after delay after delay and mix after mix after mix after mix was ordered and rejected. Um, Roger Taylor, who was a member of the band and retired in 19 from, from them in 1986, joined them um, in the studio to play drums on two of the tracks, along with another one that didn't appear on the album. However, by the time it finally released in, in you know in, in the, the album released, the band hated it. They didn't want to promote it. They didn't want anything to do with it. And much of the productive promotional work was done solely um, by two other people. Um, so you you have you know this kind of thing happens. Videos were compiled um, and made because of course videos have to be made. Um, so you know that's um, you know there's that, but yeah, only two members were really even promoting it, and Roger well, that's Taylor, always a solid right, <laughs> right, and Roger Taylor, who would not promote or do any promotion of the bands, excited the old fans by appearing on one of the on, on the, that appeared on two of the songs, and they're like, oh man, they're getting the band back together now. And to make matters worse, the videos they made had got received no airplay on MTV or VH1, and they were there was a man label mandated 1995 summer tour of radio station festivals that they were required to do, and they're like, we don't want to fucking do it for this album, to the point where bassist John Taylor would storm off the stage several times over the course of the tour and finally at a half capacity show in Southern California where the band was booed Taylor quit the band stayed in Los Angeles and um, launched the resolute uh, the anti-corporate side project neurotic outsiders with former members of guns and roses and the sex pistols uh, that is what happened with this album We'll I'd rather get listen to that Guns N' Roses Sex Pistols album. <laughs> right? I, 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 this might come up on our thing. Um, but yeah, neurotic, neurotic Outsiders is what it was called. And it had Steve Jones, Duff uh, McKagan, John Taylor, and Matt Sorum. It's not a bad and lineup, actually. It's not a bad lineup. It's not a bad lineup at all. Um, and uh, I'll edit out those snaps, sorry. Um, it, it's... <laughs> not a bad lineup at all and i don't know anything about this band either like now like this is what i want to this is what i want to listen to instead of this album they only put out one album uh just just neurotic outsiders so maybe we'll do that at some point um so before i get into the critical reception let's talk about what this album has it's a cover album featuring a collage of various artists whose songs were covered including bob dylan iggy pop Public Enemy with Flavor Flav, 
Jim Morrison, Sly and the Family Stone, and Lou Reed. Now, in a electronic uh, press kit, Lou Reed did come out and say that this has this is my favorite version. This is my favorite cover of any song I've ever done. And um, so um, there's that. Lou's allowed his opinion. Yeah, he's wrong a lot of the time. He's wrong a lot of the time. So, <laughs> also, I'm surprised. Like, I'm not surprised. This tank uh, was when this came out, like '95. You said. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're already past the Nirvana era of MTV. Mm-hmm. There was no interest in '80s acts once mm-hmm. you're in the height of the grunge uh, alt rock era. This was just, you know, this this album's like, who is this for at that point? Well, and they give you an idea. Again, they started touring in, in 1993 to promote the album, right? It was released in March of, of um, well, the, the the singles were released, you know, but the album itself was released in 1993, and they immediately went on a tour for it. So they were on tour for this thing for at least a year and a half, and then it took till almost the end of 95 for it to come out. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 no brainer. I mean, this was an album that should have just been something. And I will talk about when we get there um, about the mix and the mix and the mix and the mix and some um, some content <laughs> to that, some some context to that. Oh, there's um, context of like, hey, that's super overproduced. Perfect day by Lou <laughs> Oh. Let's produce to the point it sounds like it's an outtake from a momentary lapse of reason. They fucking gilmered it. (laughs) You gilmered it, you sons of bitches. You should have gone back to Rio and instead you went to Gilmer's house. (laughs) Um, All right, Joe. Let's talk about your impressions, what you thought about the album. You know what? Let's let's do... This is a covers album. Let's go track by track. Oh, I love this idea. Because uh, it's one of those things where... Uh, you, you really got to get the full uh, uh, spectrum of this album because it, there's moments where it's really good, and there's moments where you're just like, "Holy fuck! What are what they thinking?" What were they? Yeah, hundred percent. This is very much a "What were they thinking?" album. Yeah. So let's just start with track one, "White Lines," originally uh, by Melly Mel and Grandmaster <laughs> Flash. Uh, I. Don't mind this. And it might be because they sample of all songs, Jesus Built My Hot Rod by Ministry. <laughs> Again, let's 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 repeat that. Melly Mel. And Grandmaster Flash are at, on the track with them too. So like, on the it, track with yes. Yes, so they are. Uh, so it's not like they're doing white lines. Uh, the song. I love the hypocrisy of a band whose music in the 80s was a soundtrack of every coked-out yuppie at, in the pump room with Phil Collins. <laughs> no, Phil Collins wasn't allowed in the pump room. He wasn't allowed in the pump room. He <laughs> wanted to be doing coke in there. So, yeah, but, I mean, I give this, you know, it, it's an interesting, it's very 90s. It sounds like a, it sounds like a good belonged on the album Pop by uh, U2. Yes, it's very 90s overly produced. Like, it's, yes. But again, it gets a pass from me because the the dang-a-dang-dang from uh, Jesus Built My Hot Rod. Yes, yes. And again, you bring up the point that Grandmaster Flash um, and the Furious Five are on it. Yeah. Now let's get into 
the most one of the most pointless covers you can ever do. I want to take you higher because you're never going to top slide the family stone. No. And mm-hmm. this just, I was disgusted by this. <laughs> I was so angry. I was well, driving around and I just, you know, I'm fantasizing about driving into oncoming trains as this is playing. <laughs> just, yeah, it's, man, you can't top slide. Sly and the Family Stone is one of my favorite bands. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's like Phil Collins and Neil Young. You, you just don't need to cover them. Well, and what's interesting is they brought in um, Anthony Thompson of the Power Ship Station and Chic to do drums on it. Um, now, we're going to talk about this because there's mix after mix. Because not only is there, ta- I want to take you higher. That's I want to take you higher. Uh, take one, and then there's I want to take you higher again at the end of the album. And yeah. there's more to this. There's a lot more to this, and we're gonna we're we're gonna go there. But that's just. Why do you have two different? You're doing a covers <laughs> album. Why do you have two covers of the same song on the same fucking? They don't even book in the album, which would make at least if that's what you're going for. Like you know, like with Neil Young with "Hey Hey My My" and like "Rocking in the Free World." Like it bookends. It's the same song, but it's different. But right, uh, this one's like track two. And then it ends. <laughs> it doesn't. And what I think is so funny is they do white lines and then I want to take you higher right afterwards, right? Like one song's anti it and the one song, yeah, a girl going, that sounds great. Get me high. What the fuck are you doing, Duran Duran? Okay. We're on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go into perfect day. Cause this is, I hated this. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it, it's, it's way overproduced. It sounds sounded to me a lot. Like it could have been on a momentary lapse of reason. Uh-huh. Uh, I was more. I was upset because that's one of my favorite Lou Reed songs. Absolutely. Uh, was it uh, Transformer? It's Transformer. Off. One of my favorite albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This is. This was like what the. F- Oof! Like, and it's a, such a simple song. It's hard to fuck up. <laughs> it, it, this is there. Okay, I have wanted to cover this song for years, and. I've never, re- I've done, I've done, you know, like my own private, like versions of it and things like that, but nothing I've ever would record and put out there because it's almost a damn near perfect song. Like for the tone it's setting for the lyrics it's doing, I don't know how you make the song any better than what it is. And I, I, again, I've done guitar things like this, but I go, it, it pales, everything pales in comparison to what it was. And Lou Reed's got an interesting sense of humor when he says it's the best cover ever compiled, ever completed of one of my own songs, which probably means that Lou doesn't like people covering his shit. <laughs> and I'm trying. The, there's only one of his songs that I actually like the cover of, and that's the Cowboy Junkies' uh, "Sweet Jane." Oh yes. Yeah. How is that not your favorite, Lou? Because that is an amazing. Well, I suppose because technically, that's a. Velvet Underground song. Okay. Well, we all know Lou Reed was an asshole. So, I mean, uh, Lou, we all, yeah, there's no if we, we reviewed Metal Machine music. Yeah. We, we, we know Lou. We, well. we, we see you, Lou. Um, then we go to uh, watching The Detectives. And another, it's a simple song that they managed to fuck up. <laughs> I love Elvis Costello's first album, My Aim is True. This song is on it. Uh, again, it's overproduced. It's really weird. I, I don't know what they were uh, 
going with with this one. Um, yeah, uh, this is one that you could tell was like, you know, um, Ben Folds complains about it a lot in his songs. He really has no respect for people that overproduce and quamp tie and do all this shit um, on on music. And um, I enjoy some of that, like the shoegaze and things like that. But there's a point, right? Like Phil Spector, the asshole that he was, was really, really good at creating that that sound. But my God, like this is just like it it feels like probably Phil Collins and Mike Rutherford were popping in at different times of the day and remixing it. Yeah. Um, and that's essentially what was happening here as well, because um, the studio was getting these things and going, no, we don't like that. We don't like that version. And they sent it back and someone else would be like, well, fine, you fucking mix it. You know, we'll see if your version goes through. No. All right, now you go through it. Oh, I like what you, you know, to the point where it became overproduced garbage. And that's exactly what this one is. Um, we've talked about this in the past. Let's go to track five. What's your take on people covering Bob Dylan, Joe? Paul, I fucking hate Bob Dylan. So this track was doomed from the start. <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if it's, it was, it wasn't going to be good to my ears, no matter what they did. Uh, yeah. Bob Dylan's one of the few artists where I think you can cover and make it better. Uh, <laughs> Hendrix did it with All Along the Watchtower. Mm-hmm. And some other bands have done covers of stuff that, you know, like I can tolerate. But overall, I hate Bob Dylan. So uh, Duran Duran was doomed just for picking this anyway <laughs> for well, my eyes. We're going to talk about that because I, I actually enjoy Bobby Dylan. So we'll talk well, about that shame. at some point. We'll, we'll talk about it at some point. But we're not talking about right now because we got to get to the elephant nine, in the room. The elephant in the room, a bunch of British white boys covering nine one one is a joke. Oh God! <laughs> what pisses me off is if, if, if they didn't use nine one one was a is a joke and just use like that kind of like bluesy sound and production for like a different song, I wouldn't have minded it. Mm-hmm. But when you take a song by Public Enemy about the issues of dealing with nine one one and the police, uh-huh. and you, <laughs> it's done by a bunch of British white dudes, it's like a, it just makes me. I just groaned. Oh fuck you! <laughs> fuck this. You all can call you the dick. Like fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, they brought in the member of of. of of chic to uh, uh oh no i'm sorry this one never mind they brought in some canadian record producer or musician that do drum to do drums on it so doesn't even count yeah a bunch of white boys from canada canada uh, a guy from canada and a guy from britain yeah you guys know you know what 911's all about over there fucking yeah. stick stick to your yellow jacket complaints and stay the fuck off man yeah this was like such a misguided uh, such a misguided concept uh, yeah, they might as well have covered Fuck the Police by NWA. Like, <laughs> I think I would have liked that more, honestly. It would have been the same, like, cringy, like, oh, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> right, right, right. It'd be like that one lounge guy. I forget his, Richard Cheese. Like, if Richard Cheese did fucking um, 911 as a joke, like, fuck off. 
Well, uh, even if he did it, it's he's a comedy act. Right. Like, so the gist is, it's like you don't take the cover seriously. They're just silly. These, these are like self-important fucking British dish D-bags going, you know, I know the plate of the black guy in New York. <laughs> <laughs> sure you do. And we'll get to that later because they do a song about L.A. Oh, my God. Fuck off. Um, all right. Then you have Success, which was written originally by David Bowie and Ricky Gardner and performed by Iggy Pop. Yeah, this was a completely forgettable track. <laughs> it really Paul's was. dead in the middle. I have no recollection of what it sounded like. I honestly don't either. I on- don't either. And here's the thing. I've covered Iggy. Okay? In the I've covered I Want to Be Your Dog on stage. And... You know, there's a certain way you got to cover Iggy. You got to you gotta invoke Iggy because people expect Iggy. So you got to get a little nutty on stage and, and in the studio. No, 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 no. This is garbage. All right. The next one, Crystal Ship. You hate Jim Morrison. What did you think of this one? Uh, it's not so much I hate the doors. I, I just feel like I grew out of them. Sure, absolutely. I think like... And we'll get to like when we get to the title track. I'll just talk. There's bands that like I liked in my teenage years that over the years I just like have li- <laughs> like shorter and shorter patience for them. And the Doors mm-hmm. is like one of them. <laughs> so uh, it wasn't a bad cover. I think that whoever did the vocals, you know, did a decent take on Morrison's. But again, it's just like why are you the Doors? Like that's another band. Like why would you cover? Like they're so distinctive. Like. You know, Morrison's vocals are distinctive, and the, that band's dynamic was distinctive, and that when you cover it, it just, you know, you just, this sounds like The Doors. It's like, they didn't add really anything that made it pop to me. Well, you know, and here's the thing, too. Like, all the other covers have sounded like, except for Lou Reed's, sounded vastly like, wow, this is weird, right? But with this one, I actually was listening to I'm like, oh. Oh yeah, that's a Doors cover. Like I can tell that's a Doors cover because they do the same thing that the Doors do with that weird shit that Jim Morrison likes. Um, and you, you know what I'm talking. You guys, if, if you know the Doors, you know what I'm talking about. There's that distinct off, like, it, it, you know, they they use an interesting pattern to their music. They don't go by the by the letters. You know what I mean? And by the numbers, they have an interesting musical theory that you can always tell when it's a Doors song. Yeah. And um. I will say I didn't mind this one, actually. I think I actually do enjoy this one because um, I wasn't a big fan of the original. Um, but I like I actually like what they did here, but I think anything for me would have been an improvement over the original. That's my take. All right. Let's go to Ball of Confusion, uh, Temptations cover. I thought it was somewhat interesting. Uh, it suffers from, like, the really 90s production style. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, I didn't mind it. I thought it was all right. You know, it didn't, I didn't find it egregious like I did with like Perfect Day watching the detectives where I'm just like, oh, or especially I want to take you higher. Where I'm just like, fuck you. This one mm-hmm. I didn't, I thought they, they did something different with it and I was all right with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm a big fan of the Temptations, but yeah, it, my big problem with it was it was that overproduced garbage, yeah. like t- completely, completely. Yeah, this, is, this is like the mid '90s. Uh, that whole like 
you know, adding the techno. Thing. Again, it's just, a lot of this sounds like uh, what U2 was doing with pop, but at least mm-hmm. with like, U2 was like original music. <laughs> so it's like, and oddly enough, uh, pop is like one of the only U2 albums I like. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's. Uh, I. Uh, yeah, pop's interesting. I don't I have a love hate with U2. Like, I cannot listen to U2 anymore. I, that's another band I grew out of, but. We'll talk about that off air. I don't want to say anything on air about why I don't like them. Why? Okay. Why don't you like you two anymore, Paul? You we'll hate America? About... Yes. Yes. I wanted to burn down with the flag. Uh, <laughs> next one. <laughs> no, they're just one of those bands like I, I, I enjoy pop, and that's probably the only album of theirs I enjoy. Maybe some of Zutropa or whatever. Yeah, that for, yeah that has the weirder been. the albums they made, the more I was more. Into. Yeah, then they came back with a how to, how to dismantle atomic bomb. Yeah, now they all they all, they just try to sound like Joshua Tree over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably might be part of why you you grew out of it because it's, it's all the same shit except for those two albums. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, all right, so let's get to thank you. Yeah, let's get to thank you. I liked this. Okay, so. Uh, We'll talk, remember we talked about there's different mixes? Yeah. There is a mix that's on the With Honor soundtrack, um, which I don't know if you ever saw that movie or not, or even know what that movie is. Um, but that's a movie that had Joe Pesci, Brendan Fraser, Moira Kelly, Patrick Dempsey, and Josh Oh, the Hayden. good Donna's in it, huh? The good Donna's in it. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a movie about, um, about these teens at Harvard. Um, it's a comedy drama. So um, there is a different version of this song on there. There is then um, Led Zeppelin actually liked the cover and included on the um, a tribute to Led Zeppelin album. Uh, that is a different version than the other than the than the one that's on this and the one that's on that soundtrack. So at this point, with, when there's do the people doing the different promotional things, they were sending these things out for different promotional materials with different mixes at the time because they thought one was going to get approved and then wasn't. So of the of the three, I actually like the one that's on the With Honor soundtrack. Um, so I'm not. I don't know why they went with this one on the album when I feel that the other one is actually better. That's me. But overall, it's a good cover. I'm not a fan of Led Zeppelin anymore. So anyone else doing Led Zeppelin, I'll probably like. Yeah, that's what I was going to get to with this. Because like what I kind of brought up with the doors. Uh, mm-hmm. I think 30 years of putting up with Get the Lid Out. Like from all the crappy classic rock stations. Mm. At this point, I can't listen to Led Zeppelin. I yeah. Just like I get nauseous. It's just like it's overdone. Like I don't care. Uh, you know, it's just like I don't give a flying fuck about that band. Uh, I just don't. But like when I heard the cover, I'm like, I yeah, this is a good song, and I actually like their version better because I'm not as burnt. Because you know, this was still you know, it's still the same song, but it's different enough for me to enjoy it. And I actually like this is probably my favorite on the album. Yes. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good. You know, it's like for all the shit I've been shitting on all over this album, which rightfully deserves it, this was a good cover. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was a good cover. Now we get to the one original on this track, which is Drive By. What the fuck oh. is this? 
this was uh, their attempt at beat poetry with a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> the song was a bunch of bullshit. I, I kept waiting for it to like take off and go somewhere because they're like, and this is you know, and this is what happened in his dream or whatever the fuck the lyric was, and it doesn't. They don't tell us. <laughs> it just it goes nowhere. Yeah, and I guess I, you know, after a while, I just didn't care. Like I just, I, I, my eyes glazed over. And I was like, listening to you tell that Amanda Lear story that went nowhere and just bored the hell out of me. Oh, you fuckface! You fuckface! <laughs> yeah, so Drive By is the equi- musical equivalent of Paul's boring story about Amanda Lear that yeah. sounded promising that ended up being like, "What? That's not a story, Paul. God damn it, Paul! That's not a story." <laughs> It's a story you just didn't listen. Um, but it wasn't no, it's entertaining. <laughs> She's not yeah, entertaining. She met a guy that it didn't work out. <laughs> what do you want? She met a producer and it just didn't work out. Like it's <laughs> you know it's the Patton Oswalt uh, Star Wars prequel. Thing, you know, like yeah, here's Darth Vader, but he's really sad. Here's <laughs> Darth Vader, but he's really sad. You like ice cream? <laughs> yeah. You like Boba Fett? Well, he's a little kid and he's really sad. He's looking really sad. I just I don't need to know where this shit I like yeah. comes from. You like ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> I just like the things I like. I just like the things I like. Well, here's some rock salt. <laughs> yeah. So drive by was just I don't know what the fuck. Uh, there's a reason they probably buried it. Looks <laughs> like the last song. Yeah, it was uh, bad. So now we get to I want to take you higher again. Which <sighs> Paul? Why? Why? Like, this is some chucklehead bullshit right here, isn't it? Like, if you didn't like that other version, here's a different version. Like, no, there's no version of this song, Duran Duran. Again. That's going to sound good. You you make a cardinal sin here. You put out a a covers album, but then you include two covers of the same song. Oh, God. Yeah. Now, let's talk about what we didn't get. Um, bonus tracks well there's more than two bonus tracks by the way um so they in jet in japan it was released with diamond dogs and femme fatale and in the uk they did i love diamond dogs oh it's a great song isn't it i think a duran duran cover of diamond dogs would have made me hate that song (laughs) well and there's more in the uk they also got the needle and the damage done. Oh, can you imagine all the synth and pop to that? Oh my god, dude! So let's talk about let's talk about reception. Okay, now the sad thing is, in Canada, you only got to sell fifty thousand albums to be gold in Canada. So they made they made that. In the United States, you got to make five hundred thousand. They barely crossed that line and got this album to be gold. In Australia, its peak position was 63. Um, in German albums, it was 50. In the U.S., it hit 19, and I don't know how or why. And in the U.K., where they're from, um, uh, they got 12. Um, they hit 12, which is bad considering where they were. All their their last albums hit like number one in so many places. So what really hurt them a lot was putting um, out this piece of shit album. Putting out this piece of shit album. So <laughs> now 
the 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 two singles for the albums were White Lines and Perfect Day, and in Lay Lady Lay, that was in Italy and Spain. Rolling Stone says some of the ideas here are the are stunningly wrongheaded. It's like the easily listening arrangement given Elvin Costello's Watching the Detectives or the version of Zed Le- Led Zeppelin's Thank You that sounds like uh, the band is covering Chris DeBerg. <laughs> <laughs> but it takes a certain demented genius to recognize Iggy Pop's success as a Gary Glitter tune <laughs> that it was meant to be. Or we do 911 as a joke, so it sounds more like Beck than Public Enemy. Q Magazine declared it in, uh, in um, the worst album of all time. Well, it, you know, both you and I know Amanda Lear was probably of all time. <laughs> I, I think we could go with St. Anger was the worst yeah, album. Yeah, but again, at this point in time, in the existence of the albums we've covered... <laughs> Yeah, on this podcast, Amanda Lear. And I'll still say I think Amanda Lear's was worse. Ooh, them fighting words, sir. I would again I would take her album 15 times over because I don't need ibuprofen by the time I'm done listening to it because of goddamn Lars and Bob Rock being offbeat with each other. And that, <laughs> oh, that goddamn snare. snare. That snare. <laughs> and that goddamn snare. No, at least Amanda Lear. I, I can get a William Shatner satisfaction of it because he's always off when he does his things and it's by design so yeah, it wasn't by design for her she just sucks <laughs> she, she just well you know she was dating dolly so it'd be considered art sir um so yeah Gary, it's not art. I, no 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 <laughs> that's not art you asshole no, no. um that's art then i'll stick by my long-standing uh stance that i hate art <laughs> <laughs> well, Lars has a nine thousand nine million dollar piece of art he can sell you. Um, <laughs> piece of shit. That's what he's got to sell. Oh, I'm coming in hot. All right, let's let's move on. <laughs> all right. So there we go. There was the critical reception. And again, the fact that all these different places got different songs, th- th- the mess really was. I I could I really I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on this. Okay. I am going to say that I think that probably some of the mixes that they had would have been better than the ones we got. But the studio wanted a certain Duran Duran sound out of these guys. And I'm going to bet that's exactly what it was. Like, we want shit to sound like the last album, you, you know, your, 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 your self-titled ones, because that's where it is. And by the time, again, this was recorded between 1992 and 1994. So by the time it rolls out in 1995, you and I both know we lived it. Um, a lot of music changed from 1992 to 1995, big time. Yeah, there yeah. was a huge shift. So I'm gonna probably I'm gonna guess that these guys probably had some good mixes out there and some fun versions of these songs. But by the end of it, they were just grinded to the ground by the studio. Yeah, a lot, this, like, a lot of studio fuckery. And, like, you know, you brought up, like, you know, Japan had the bonus tracks. That was not uncommon in the mm-hmm. 90s. No, it was. I have a version of uh, Nine Inch Nails Downward Spiral that has Dead Souls mixed into the album oh, track on awesome. the end. Yeah, so that wasn't, it was usually, I don't know why they did it. 
I guess I could look it up, but I don't feel like it right now. But yeah, that wasn't very, that wasn't uncommon. You know, uh, Japanese I, imports when I worked at record stores usually had one or two extra tracks. I believe it's because of the marketing strategy. Like in Japan, you know, certain songs have different things. So, um, and I'm going to guess that the Crow soundtrack wasn't very huge in Japan like it was here. Um, and it somehow got some play over there and they never got like, you know, a thing. So, yeah, there is um, there is specific reasons why that is. It's kind of like, um, oh, God, what was that band? Blue Oyster Cult. Um, no, not Blue Oyster Cult. What the fuck was it? The one the ones that did Godzilla. What was that? Blue band? Oyster Cult. Yeah. OK. OK. That was Blue Oyster Cult. Blue Oyster Cult damn failed here in the u.s and found this amazing success in japan i like blue oyster cult i i love blue oyster cult godzilla is a hell of a track it's a hell of a track and also um we'll talk uh, real quick they they you know the movie heavy metal Mm -hmm. they wanted to do the entire soundtrack for it that would have been and they actually did they recorded it and handed it to the the film, and they went, "You guys, you're giving away. Like we can't do this because you're giving away the plot of the movie. You wrote you wrote the plot into this entire album, you guys." And they're like, "Yeah, because it's fucking awesome." Whoa, 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 whoa! There is no plot to heavy metal. Oh, am I con- missing something? It was just like you know, cartoon boobs and like things that like stoners painted on the side of vans. That was all I got from heavy metal. Yeah, well, you know, it probably was my first jerk off to a fucking animated movie, but that's neither here nor there. I figured that was cool, world. Come on. Oh, God, that's a close second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think need to come out with an R-rated version of Cool World just to make me happy. PG-13. I think the movie was R-rated. No, it's PG-13, sir. That's that's depressing. <laughs> Isn't it depressing? Like, when you think about what's all in that movie and it's PG-13? Uh-huh. Um... No, um, so they tried, a lot of bands tried to emulate that in Japan, like by having these Japanese releases and seeing if something stuck there with that didn't me- mix with um, U.S. audiences. Um, so that was a lot of why that happened with Japan. Really, um, Blue Oyster Cult was the, um, was the poster child and the, kind of the, the prototype for that. Um, so that's kind of the thing that happened there. But we've gone off, we've gone off base here, sir. Um, fuck. <laughs> um well, on average how much cartoon porn do you watch <laughs> not enough <laughs> there's not enough hours in the day sir it's, it's called hentai and it's art um <laughs> oh the- wow we went on some some wild side roads didn't we? <laughs> this is what happens when you get in the duran duran's cover album because it's just weird shit all right so joe Back to basics. Would you recommend this album? No. I'd <laughs> recommend, you know, at least checking out uh, the song Thank You yes. and White Lines. But as a whole album, no, I would fucking stay away from this. <laughs> yeah. And I would even encourage you to stay away from, like, even the, the, the thank you that's on this album and go with the With Honors cut. Um, it's, it's about a minute and a half shorter. Um, and it has a little bit of a different sound to it. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, well, that means we have to like find the fucking soundtrack to with honors. Come on. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's a Brendan <laughs> Fraser vehicle and a Moira Kelly vehicle that no one saw. My apologies. 
Um, <laughs> honestly, I thought when I when I saw it, I was like, when I saw it, I was like, with honors. Wasn't that with Michelle Pfeiffer? No, no, <laughs> wrong movie. <laughs> uh, you're thinking of Mystic Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Fried green tomatoes, sir. So, <laughs> um, my answer is also no. Um, now, this is not a good entry to Duran Duran. Um, no, they have a lot of good songs and good albums. They're still doing music to this day, and they do really good stuff. As a matter of fact, their, their latest release got some really positive reviews. So, don't let this deter you. This is also a good thing to know that I, I, I honestly... Don't blame them for any track on this album. I firmly believe that Duran Duran is talented enough to come out with at least nine of these 12 versions that were good. No, I blame them for the bad stuff. Uh, they did 911's a joke, and uh, they have to live with that fucking bullshit. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so. I, 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 okay, we did this. Let's get out of this. We've gotten into some really odd, odd territory, Joe. What's our next album? Oh, we normally do the plugs before the next album. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's do the plugs. What do you got going on? See, I, I just want to bail. I'm like abort. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what, is the, um, what is going on with the Joe Down? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, we're doing this week uh, Mortal Kombat reviews coming out. Uh, yes. I forget what Brown picked for after that, but yeah, I'll, Mortal Kombat this week, and then I forget what his next pick is, and I still got to decide what I want to make him fucking watch. So <laughs> that's where we're at. Okay, fair enough. Um, I, I I'm hoping to get um, more tracks up. Uh, we've gotten a little bit behind. I wanted to have like a buffer, but we need to get caught up. Um, so, uh, this week I'm really going to be plugging away and putting some stuff up, probably releasing two track, uh, two, um, rate that albums, um, a week, um, just to get us a little bit farther ahead of where we are. Um, because we've done, I think really tuning our own horn, um, not to be opposed to watching cartoon porn have really hit our stride. Is that what's been setting you behind? It's. <laughs> I'm gonna have to tell your wife to like put like child blockers on your computer until <laughs> until we get these podcasts. So it, it's art. <laughs> I think it's just art. consuming your time, and uh, we can't have that. Mm, no, okay. Um, you know, let's uh, let's let's talk about this. Just in reality, folks. Um, I I've gotten a new job, and it's been really high demand. Um, so uh, that's part of where I've gotten behind on these things. Um, when I took this job back in March, I didn't think it was going to be as demanding as it has been. So that's on me, but I am going to get caught up this week. I am kind of carving out some time, uh, in the evenings, um, to, um, to do this. So, um, but other than that, um, I'm hoping, um, actually, um, to have maybe a special edition of our next episode of, um, excuse me, of uh, cast that movie where we'll actually be all in the same studio. Um, interesting. That'd be really interesting. I'm thinking that might happen. And then um, I'm uh, probably going to record the next Stranger Things this weekend as well. Nice. So, yeah. So things are going to get, thing, things are moving. Um, I am trying to lock in a special guest for this show, 
this podcast um, sooner than later, I hope. So I'm going to work with uh, this particular person and see if we can get them in in the next couple weeks. Um, we record this one weekly, so you know it's it's why I've fallen behind. Um, all right, we got the cease and desist letter from Amanda Lear, so I'm pretty sure it's not her. It's not Amanda Lear, unfortunately. Um, I just want to see if she has a vag or not, really. Um, that that mystery, uh, you know, um, I, I need to know. Um, so, <laughs> um, so, what's our next album? Paul, I got to pull us out of this funk we're in. Please, um, please, so, give us a lifeline. Paul, as you know, cash rolls everything around me. So next week, you better protect your neck, because we're bringing the ruckus. We're doing... Enter the Wu Tang Thirty Six Chambers. Oh shit! Yeah. Yep. The RZA, the Jizza, the Ghostface Killer, Inspector Deck, You God, Master Killer, Method Man, Racka One, an old dirty bastard. You, you son of a bitch! You son of a bitch! I was gonna do that for my next one. You were not. I was. I'm like, we need to bring some ODB in this motherfucker. Damn right I was. Damn right I was. <laughs> So that's the second that, time this has happened. This is the second time this has happened. That is fantastic. Like, well, you know, I, I will say this happened to me and Joe a lot as we did this. Like, we just got on a wavelength that was like almost, um, almost psychic. Um, um, but yeah, I, I love it. So that's that's great because I have a different one I can use now. So, and I haven't listened to this album in a long time, but uh, it it's going to be better than Thank You by Trender. Yes. Yes. Um, what I love about this too, I've actually seen uh, the movie that that's based on too. Um, the the thirty two chambers of the of the of the Shaolin. Um, it's awesome. It's a great. Movie. Like those guys. Yeah, I, I love it. Okay, mixing their own their own philosophy with uh, kung fu movies and hip hop. I mean it. It's amazing. Uh, you gotta love Wu Tang. Yes, I do love the Wu Tang. You gotta love ODB, man. Oh, um, Method Man, you know, app. Fuck yeah, man. That's fantastic. You're going to do that. Okay. I'm excited for next week. Yeah, we got to get ourselves out of the doldrums. And I have one that I know we'll both enjoy listening to as well to get us out of this funk for a little while. Because as much as it's fun for you and I to fucking just bash each other down, we got to give the audience something to go with, too. (laughs) Well, it's fun to bash it, but it's not fun for us to listen to it. That's the problem. Like Saint Anchor was not oh, fun to listen to. <laughs> was not fun to listen to. So, um, all right, should we call it there? Well, sir, let's, let's take us out. What do you got? I got nothing. Again, man, this this album just shocked me. By how-